0: This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLBs, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, nobody
1: understands Westworld, and more, top 10 alcoholic beverages, with your hosts, Alex, yeah boy, Eric, yo,
0: James,
2: the San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league,
0: Traded. oh, sit down bud, and Tyler, oh damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you.
3: What kind of cockamamie bullshit is (laughs) Adam Silver
0: thinking? They're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's not finishing. It's the middle of the season. I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 75 of TLDR Podcast. I'm your host, James. I'm joined today by Tyler and traden not Alex and not Eric, because, you know, they're out doing work stuff. Uh, us from TDL, TLDR Podcast would like to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope it went really well for you guys. Hope you guys ate a lot of food, drank a lot of beer, drank a lot of whiskey, did a lot of family things. If not, hope you bought a pizza with some ham on it or something, you know, doing some solo type shit. Do, do what you got to do to get by. Just... Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, had some time off, did some fun things, watched football. Um, that being said, there's already been some shit talking behind the scenes here between Tyler and Trayton. Apparently, Tyler doesn't know how to score a goal. I think there's oh, a story
0: man. behind this one. Let's hear oh, about it. Fuck me. Uh Traden, why don't you why don't you, you tell? That. Why don't you tell it?
3: Well, I mean, there's not much to tell. I mean, look. Oh, there's much to tell. Right off the first right off the first uh uh first uh shift that Tyler and I had yesterday, I I think I gave him a dime. I mean it was it was it was I took the goalie completely out of the net and all that was there was a stick and and Tyler had what 5 seconds to put it in and Tyler just uh-uh. couldn't lift the puck over the guy's stick. Who so oh started it? Too that accident. started it. He, he got plenty of chances after that. Uh, some of them from me and then in the last minute and 45 seconds I look up at the clock I'm like okay I'm getting this motherfucker a goal. We have a minute and 45. Let's get it done. I gave him two dimes again, and he just doesn't get it done. I mean, my, my stats don't look good, and I blame Tyler completely.
0: Yeah, trade, oh, yeah, trade, tra- 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 and you're complaining about your stats not looking good, but I'm pretty sure you're lead the league in assists by a good margin. So <laughs> slow down a little bit there. Maybe you know, maybe I didn't give you the record, but at least, but you're definitely leading leading the league there. Uh, yeah, honestly, it was just one of those nights, man. It was just for whatever was, reason, just could not get the puck in the back of the net. Uh, snake bin. It was it was brutal. I mean, one guy. I mean, this one one of the ones that had a wide open net. The same thing, goalie wasn't there. I backhanded it, and somehow one of the players, his stick just happened to be in the right perfect spot. Skinny little, like two inch stick, happened to be in the exact spot of the two, of the two inch puck. Uh, just one of those. It is one of those games you just can't buy a goal. But the important thing Snape is that day, baby. yes. The important thing is our team won. So at the end of the day, got the dub. But yeah, it was it was a pretty embarrassing, rough night on my end for sure.
2: Yeah, um, that's like that stops like a four game skid, right? You guys were terrible for a little bit there.
0: Yeah, we
3: had a little bit of a skid. We actually won two in a row now. Um, but to be, f- I mean, my teammates hate me because I don't shoot. I only <laughs> pass. Like I'll go on a breakaway, go around the net just so I can pass to someone. I, I really don't know what. I just don't like to shoot, don't like to score, I guess. I just like to set people up.
2: I mean, that's and what – You're it's here, better, you're here first. Thing. Yeah. Jay- Jayton doesn't like to score at all. That's weird in any sport, or any capacity whatsoever, especially basketball. He's out there shooting. He's missing on purpose, I hope. Otherwise, <laughs> it's very good. embarrassing for you to play basketball. No, no, that, that I try to score, <laughs> and I'm just that bad. <laughs> and uh, if you guys hear Tyler sniffling over there, he does not have COVID. He has tuberculosis. Uh, moving oh, on. To nice. <laughs>
0: nice, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's worse is it worse though is it I are you sure know. are you a medical professional
0: because you're not like trainer
2: so therefore you suck
0: both of those are worse than what i actually have
2: <laughs> he just has a cold yeah. starting off really strong here everybody hope you guys are enjoying it so far we're going to start off and just go to our first segment of the day and it's going to be trading talking about his oh puck moments trade and saw you man
3: oh shit holy puck we got a lot to, we have actually a lot to talk about i actually had two I actually am upset because I gave you guys two topics to get to research on. I think it was like Saturday, maybe, uh, maybe early Sunday. And there's a shit ton of shit that happened Sunday that I'd much rather talk about. So I just want to kind of throw it out there. Um, We, we actually ended the podcast yesterday with, with me talking about, we talked about the Montreal Canadians um, and we talked about the GM and Mark Bergerman, the GM of the Canadians since 2012, is out. They they fired him yesterday, or it might have been Saturday. Um, and they replaced, well, they haven't replaced the GM, but they have replaced the uh, president of Hockey Ops with former GM of the Rangers, Jeff Gordon, who, in my opinion, was very tragically fired and unfairly fired from that job last year, um, based on a bunch of you know circumstances that... I have issues with. I have issues with um, most of the New York team simply because of the ownership structure. Um, Dolan, you're a fucking idiot, and I think you have a lot to to answer for. And I really hope the Canadians come in and make you look like shit down the road. Um, so I, I I'm just going to quickly talk about this. Uh, Mark Bergevin is out after you know a long stretch with the Canadians. To, to be honest, I think it was just kind of his time. Um, I'm I you know I, I have said some ill things about him, but when you look back at his. Uh, at his accomplishments with the Canadians, he's, he's actually, he's actually done fairly well. Um, you know, he, 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 made some pretty good trades. He, he made Edmonton look like a, look like a um, garbage uh, organization when he traded for Jeff Preacher, who we thought was nothing. And he turned into something that was huge. Um, he managed to, to, to snap, to nag, uh, nab Nick Suzuki in a trade um, with Vegas um, that sent match, pa- Max Pacioretty all the way to to Vegas. Um, he did have some stumbles. I mean, this, this is a guy that, um, that, you know, had a terrible off season. I think that that's a big reason why that, um, this kind of happened. Um, he, they selected Logan Mayu, who was going through a bunch of his own personal issues that he even asked not to be drafted and he was drafted. And then he made some cra- you know, some crazy moves like trading PK Subban for Shea Weber, which at the time back in, which this was like in 2015, um, or I'm sorry, 2016, it was, it was bonkers. Like everyone thought that that was absolutely crazy. turns out that he's the genius. PK Subban is a shadow of his former self and Shea Weber turned into the leader that, that, that team needed at least until he got hurt. Um, So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, It's turning the page over in, uh, over in Montreal. James, do you have any, any quick thoughts about it? You're the one that actually pointed out to me. I didn't read it until uh, until you pointed it out.
2: I'm the new hockey guy now. Step aside. clearly. Uh, (laughs) This is good for the Canadians. It's something that needed to be done um, because this organization right now is going nowhere. You've seen it from the start of this season, from all the turmoil that happened in the offseason that you so badly pointed out about the Logan Mayu thing. He should have never, never been drafted, and the fact that he was points to the fact that there was some sort of chaos or some sort of agitation in the front office that should be addressed, and that just got addressed when they swept pretty much everybody out and they're starting anew. And honestly, this should have happened at the same time that they fired their coach because why not just start with a clean set with everybody? But they fired their coach, kept the GM, hired an interim coach, then hired that interim coach full on. And then now they're firing their GM. And it's going to be tough because now this new GM is going to come in this upcoming season and he's going to want a new coach. He's going to want somebody that works hand-in-hand with him. And so everything that the Canadians have worked for right now is going to go away. And that's tough to say to. Here, but a team that was just in the Stanley Cup last season that they've come this far down the road to be just let's just restart let's just quit the game and restart real fast that's that's tough to hear but it's what it is and I feel the most I feel the worst for Carey Price I mean he's not back yet but he's still the heart and soul of this team and he's going to be back eventually this season and what is he going to be playing for right now like he doesn't have the backing of anybody really because it's a completely new front office and this coach has only really known him for like two years. It's going to be, it's tough to play for somebody like that, but it needed to happen. And the sooner you rip the band off, the better.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I I tend to agree. Um, I think I'll be honest with you. I think Mark Bergevin has a place in this league. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be, he's not, he's not going to be without a job for a while, for very long. I mean, there, there are plenty of options out there. Um, I, I think with his, he actually has a bright mind and he really knows the game. I think that just the pressure of, montreal gets to you i mean you saw it you saw it in his in his um interviews and everything and i think that he's just going to want something that's a little more laid back james i look at your team and i think that that's a great great opportunity for him um this is a this is this is a guy who had who brought up nick suzuki he brought up uh, kaki and yemi christian Dvorak. these are guys that you know turned out to be very very solid hockey players he's helped you know he he helped build a team that actually was made it to the stanley cup final last year um you know thanks to Carey Price quite a bit, but still, nonetheless, these are good players. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be an opportunity where, you know, Anaheim is a lot more laid back. Um, I look at Anaheim. I look at even Arizona. I look at all these other options that I think that he can make his mark here in the NHL still. But then I look at who they, who they brought in, bringing in Jeff Gordon as the president of hockey ops, knowing this is going to be a two headed beast between a president and a, and a GM. I think it was absolutely perfect because now you can shove it in my face and say, Hey, now we need a bilingual GM because you know, I do, I do appreciate the fact that you're in French Canada and you do need to uh, you do need to be able to speak to your, to your fans. And I think the GM now with, with Jeff Gordon kind of being the main guy, being the, being the boss of the GM, I think will give the, even it's probably going to be a GM who's never, who's never been in the, in the spot before a chance to um, you know, be, be the guy be the liaison between the fan base and the team and um and usher this team into into what we expect of the Canadians. This is a story franchise and they and they need someone like that. Jeff Gordon, I'm glad that you got to get this opportunity. Um uh, moving uh moving on, um some other things that happened. We saw uh Evander Kane go on waivers. Um I don't think anybody's gonna that's pick a long up. time coming. That's yeah, like it's been a long time, time coming for sure. Um, for sure. He's not going to, I mean, at this rate, no one's going to pick him up at the 7 million. I know that San Jose is interested in retaining for a, for a deal. Um, although, I you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to ever play a game with San Jose. Although if a trade came and basically they said, oh, we need to see him in NHL action, he's going to have to play with the San Jose Sharks, So I don't know what to expect from this guy. I don't think he's going to be in San Jose for very long. If he might stay in the barracuda for the rest of the season, if no one bites on, on him, even in a retaining situation. Um, I really don't know what to think there. Um, We saw Brad Marchant throw a nasty, you know, slew foot that got him suspended for a few games. Um, Once again, being a rat being a rat. Um, (laughs) And then now we're going to get into the actual topics that, you know, I brought the guys, um, you know, I, I brought to the guys. Uh, we're actually going to start with um, another guy who got who, well, we haven't, he, he, he's having a hearing, but he has not been suspended yet. Brendan Lemieux of the, of Tyler's Los Angeles Kings. Um, he was given a five minute major and ejection for allegedly biting Brady Kachuk. Um, th- guys, this game, both the topics that we're talking about basically are about the same teams and both. <laughs> And that whole game was kind of a shit show and even the aftermath. And we'll get to James in a bit. Uh we we have yet to see if he's gonna get any um disciplinary action. He was offered an in an in-person um uh uh, meeting, uh disciplinary action meeting. Um he I think they're gonna get have a zoom meeting tomorrow to see what what his uh what they're gonna do. Did you say
2: in person and then zoom?
3: Yes. I did. That's exactly what was said on Twitter, and that's exactly what how I'm reporting it. It was he was offered it in person, and it's going to be on Zoom. I don't know. Um, given everything that's you know kind of coming out in the news, I guess that's what they're trying to do. It is what it is. Um, I guess my my question for you, Tyler, as the Kings fan, biting uh, to just give you guys some context. This isn't the first time this happened. Uh, back in the day, like this dude bites hands. No, 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 no. This guy has never bit in no bit hands. At least from my knowledge, maybe he did in amateur hockey. Um, But biting in the league has uh, this. It it, it was a big thing, (laughs) like it was all over the place in the olden days. Just don't see it as much these days. Um, What are your thoughts on it, Tyler? I mean, do you think he should have deserved more of a penalty, or do you expect there to be a suspension here, or at least a fine?
0: I mean, as a fan of the LA Kings and as a hater of uh kachuk i loved it uh it was hilarious (laughs) kachuk's reaction yeah that whole thing made me laugh i watched it five times in a row just to see his face looks like a little kid which is you know rightfully so that should be his reaction and also I think that Lemieux should have gotten the major and he probably will and should get suspended for doing that. Like you definitely shouldn't be biting people. That's just childish behavior. You should not be doing that, but just given the circumstances and given the the, the history that Kachuk has with the Kings. And I don't know what Lemieux and Kachuk have personally, um, but Lemieux is one of my new favorite Kings now. I mean, that's just it's <laughs> fantastic. Um I mean, if you watch the video, they replayed it in so many different angles, and it's such an interest. You don't really—it's not an obvious bite. It's kind of hard to really tell, um, but you definitely could tell in the scrum when you know they—they they were kind of scrumming. They were both place planted like on the ice, and the ref, two referees were trying to get them apart, and they were both going at it. And at one point, Kachuk had basically his hand like in Lemieux's face for a solid, you know, a few seconds, and. But because Lemieux was wrapped up, he, his hands were being held back. What else are you going to do to try to get the hand out of the face? The only option, if you don't have your hands, your legs or anything, you're going to bite that hand out of, the, out, out of your face. That would have been your first reaction
2: is to bite somebody? If you don't have like, arms. What goes through your mind to be like, I'm going to bite this guy? That's I mean, I mean, okay, first Here's of all, first the of the all, thing.
0: Lemieux is definitely not a normal human being. He's probably a little crazy. So that's, that's one. So he's, he, he's, you know, And you're in this moment where you're just trying to beat the crap out of this guy. And you don't have legs, you don't have arms to defend for yourself. And this dude's hand is in your face. Like the only option you have at that point is to take a chomp. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe so, you move your head. <sighs> he you really couldn't. He was trying. He really to. couldn't. If you he see, the video. Whole, like, if you if you watch the video, like, the really only option he had to retaliate in that moment was to kind of take a chomp at the hand. Now, like I said, should not happen. Should not be biting people. He should get the. You know any discipline that he's getting he fines, any suspensions, it should happen. However, the whole situation and how it just took place, I mean, it just made me laugh. Um, obviously, it's a pretty ratty move, pretty dirty play on Lemieux's end, but the fact that it ha- happened to Kachuk just <laughs> makes a smile on my face. That's all I'll say about it.
3: Yeah, that. look, James, I think is like doesn't know, doesn't know <laughs> what to think, and I guess, I guess the only thing I can really say in this instance, and I—I I think that it was actually <laughs> the scummiest move, but. We are primal beings, especially in the height of a fight. And wires cross. I mean, I mean, he doesn't, he, I mean, we make decisions that we probably should not make in the worst of times. And that's a decision that his wires cross. And that's a decision he made. He's, I mean, he wasn't thinking clearly, clearly at that, at that moment um so that's the only i mean i'm not trying to defend it i'm just trying to say that that's the only reality i mean you you've been in situations james in your past where your wires cross and you wish you didn't do what you did in that instance it's simply because you're in the heat of the moment and you just do it because you're you're frustrated you're and your wires cross that's just that that, that happens to us and that's unfortunately don't i've never
2: tried to bite somebody man no but you've that's never some mike tyson that's some lance stevenson type like that that's just interesting
3: it, no, it, it it absolutely is interesting, but you've all, but you know, it just, it's all situational and we're, and we're not all wired the same. I mean, that's, that's, we know that's to be true. If that was the case, we'd be robots and we wouldn't be any fun to to, to discuss about anyway. So that's where we're at. I mean, what's interesting to me though is Brady Kachuk's reaction is absolutely hysterical the best. and, and <laughs> it's funny because one of, one of the best um, you know, protecting guys for, uh, for Gretzky, you know, there, there's a story about him being bit and he, he reacted the exact opposite. I mean, the, 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 you know, the, the George Paris, the sheriff of the league called him and said, Hey, I'm basically going to throw the book at, at, um, at this guy. You just have to tell me that he, he bit you. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. He didn't bit me. He didn't bite me. It's all good. Like he, like, we just, I don't know if we're softer or what, <laughs> just like well, hockey players and just people are different in this, the way that they're, they're wired. And um
0: well, I mean, we, we, we've all seen that, uh, Charlie bit my finger video on YouTube. I mean, that's pretty much what his reaction was <laughs> Yes, it was. like just over the top, just it like was.
3: now, now granted, I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I'm reacting the same oh, way. Oh yeah.
0: hundred um, percent. Yeah. If, 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 so, if someone bites me, I'm going to lose my shit, you know? Yeah, so, so I don't, yeah. I don't blame them. It's just as a, as a, from a fan perspective, it's, it's pretty amusing, uh, to watch that. But even if you, if you watch the broadcast, the release, I, I was watching it through the, uh, the uh king's broadcast and when when you're watching live the first time around you definitely did not see any kind of bite it was like i said it was not obvious at all so it just looked like a scrum and then they're getting up and then you know kachuk comes up just like whining and complaining with these like, looks like he's about to cry um and then the king's announcers were like oh come on man this is hockey like what are you doing like they were just <laughs> totally just berating this dude homer homer status yeah it was it was pretty funny so i yeah. mean I would if you have not seen the video, just give it a look. Um, it's just it's just amusing, just the whole reactions and the whole situation is, is pretty it,
3: interesting. It was quite the weekend um, between that and and did you guys see Artemi Panarin throw the glove at fucking Brad Marchand on the bench? Yeah. <laughs> he reached over and just like threw his glove at him. He got fired, yeah. we got we got fined five thousand dollars for that. <laughs> like this, that's a
2: lot for the NHL. Holy this shit. The
3: league is bonkers right now. Yeah. This league is fucking oh, it's bonkers
0: crazy.
2: right now.
3: Um, but moving on to another to uh to our last topic. Um, Matt Murray of the Ottawa Senators following that game against the LA Kings was put on waivers by the Senators. He's he sat with a oh five and O record with a measly 325 goal average and eight eight eighty-nine save percentage. James, I mean at this moment nobody took nobody picked up Matt Murray. Um you know, I, I guess that kind of answers that question in the immediate term. But do you see a team, you know, kicking tires on this guy? And do you think that this is kind of a risk for for the Ottawa Senators? I mean, part of it is you have to admit is defense, but part of it, you're looking at his stats, it's not. So I just want to know your thoughts on this one. He's a, this guy's a two time Stanley Cup champion. Keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah.
1: That's
2: okay. Keep that in mind. Right. I don't think anybody's going to take a game on this guy uh, because there are better goalies right now out on the waivers or out in the ahl doing their thing matt murray's game was deteriorating before he was even a senator like his last year in pittsburgh he had a 0.899 save percentage he hasn't had above a 0.9 save percentage which is not even baseline like a 0.9 0.9 flat save percentage is not a good save percentage for a goalie he hasn't had above that in three years he's been struggling for a very long time and you can't say it's because the Senators, because his play was deteriorating as a penguin Like, ever since he won the second Stanley Cup, it was, like, a steady decrease in production. And he just doesn't look like a serviceable goaltender at this point in time. And I don't know if he ever will be. It could be mental. It could be, like, maybe a slumping. But can you call it a slump if it's been three years? Four years? I don't think you can. I think at this point, it's not traits, and it's a part of him. He maybe will get a job as, like, at the very end of the year for a Stanley cup contender to be like the fourth guy on the roster, or maybe just some guy that comes in there and shares knowledge on how to win because he's won twice, but you can't put him on the ice. He's a liability. He's going to hurt somebody. He's going to hurt himself at this point. Was this a risk by the senators to take him? Yeah, man. I mean, they took him when he had a below, below, below average year with the penguins and they still put some money on him hoping to do well. Like they did like, the Panthers did with Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky had two bad years, and then all of a sudden he's playing great again. This guy, there's no hope with Matt Murray. They put some money on him, said, yeah, let's get back to your old self. Maybe a change of scenery will kind of jog what it used to be. But it never came to fruition. And at this point in time, it's, the Senators are regretting signing this guy because they could have given more time and more money to somebody else. Brought somebody from the AHL. Maybe they would have done better but Matt Murray is not the answer. I don't think he's going to be on an, on an NHL team anytime soon.
3: I, I unfortunately I tend to agree um, and it's unfortunate cuz I, I like the banter, but this guy is I Don't agree. Go the other direction. Say something. No, I, I it's tough. <laughs> um, I mean the the only thing I can say is I, I think that, I think that Ottawa just just had just, just were putting too many eggs in one basket, especially a team that, you know, they they had a good they had a good start. Um, I'm sorry, good end to last season. And then their start this season has been just absolute dog shit. They're not very good defensively. They aren't very good five on five. And it's very hard for a struggling goaltender to come in and be the savior when you're already this, when you're already struggling. I mean, especially if you have a team that doesn't have it. Like we look at Sergey Barbrowski, at least that team has a little bit of defensive prowess. They're, they're, a, they're at least a serviceable defense defenseman core. Uh, Aaron Eckblatt, for instance, he, I mean, he, he kind of rounds that out in, in there in Florida and they've only gotten better. They have great two-way players that play both sides of the puck. Ottawa has a, has a young group of players. Their average, their average age is 25 is just below uh, 26, um, years of age. And the average age in the league is 28. I mean, th- that's a big jump when you look at it, when you, when your career is only between you know 18 and 35, I mean, that, that two years is a lot. And, um, that the the team has just needed someone that would actually make a save. And this is a guy that can't make a save. I mean, I mean, he, he actually does fine in in the high danger spots. I mean, he's at like an 87% percentage in in the high danger spots, which actually is pretty good. Um, you know, when you take into account that high danger, you know, people are scoring like 20% from high danger, right. Um, maybe a little less, um, and, th- I mean, this team gives up way too many high-danger chances against. Um, he makes those great saves, but he can't make the basic save. Um, I He's very kind of similar to um, a goalie that is on my team. Um, James, you, we, you were at that we – we had that conversation with, with the Oilers. Um, I would say that Miko Koskinen at this point is better, is a better goaltender than Matt Murray. But uh, it's unfortunate because Matt Murray is a two-time Stanley Cup champ, and he's just not f- – not finding it. Um, I actually thought Jordan Bennington would kind of go down this route too, but he's kind of turned the corner. Um, I think that he's not a one hit wonder. I think he's actually so- someone that could be serviceable and be a, be a solid goaltender. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, I, I tend to agree. He's probably not going to play, um, for another NHL t- team, at least, at least for the time being, um, we might see him in a backup role trying to make his way back, but you know, we'll have to see. Um, Is he
2: he like what? 27, 29, 20, 30. Yeah.
3: He's like 27 years old. So, I mean, that's, that's that's young. young. That's young for a goaltender. Um, I mean, considering goaltenders don't usually enter the league as a starter until they're, you know, 21, 22, Um, you know, that like two or three years after the average player kind of kind of around a defenseman, defenseman, defenseman come in a little bit later too. um, Typically. Um, so we'll have to see I mean the Ottawa Senators are reeling in um, Canada's is having Canada's on two ends. I mean, there's there's no in between with these guys. It's like a reverse bell curve. Um, you have half the teams that are uh, that are shit. I mean, we have Vancouver's um, very close to doing what Montreal did. Montreal is reeling. Ottawa's reeling. And then the other four are just looking stellar. Um, Winnipeg looks stellar. Calgary looks stellar. Um, Edmonton looks amazing. T- toronto turned it around and looked fantastic so I, canada is just kind of in a weird situation here uh, i am w- sure they wish that it was a little bit you know narrower but alas it's not um but hey that's all i got this week guys um unless you guys found any fun news that that i missed i think i think we kind of captured it all um that's all i got yeah,
2: dude. i think you did a great job with that hope everybody listening enjoyed as well puck Moments or Holy Puck Moments by Traden Reed. We're going to take a quick break but when we return, Tyler's going to give us a talk about baseball in the Hall of Fame. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that little music we have going on that Tyler found. I don't know. It's just random and it, it's catchy so it's cool. Uh, Tyler's gonna tell us all about the biggest free agent signings of the year so far, and also the Hall of Fame. Tyler, it's all you, man. Know.
0: Yes, uh, we gotta sprinkle a little bit of baseball in the off season, so you know we gotta let let some news boil to actually make a solid segment out of it. So, free agents have been signing. There's been a lot of signings actually. You know, it's pretty rare to see the, the, this many contracts go down this early in the off season. Um, a lot of it may be due to because the The current CBA is expiring coming up pretty soon. A lot of people want to get those contracts done before any possible uh, work stoppage might happen. So that's probably a big reason why we're seeing a lot of early signings this offseason. But um, I'm just going to go just list off kind of the main ones. There's been a lot more than these, but kind of the ones that kind of drew the uh, headlines and kind of the the big name players, and the the big name contracts. Uh, First, Noah Syndergaard uh, signed with the Angels. The Angels actually did some some spent some money on some pitching. Uh, obviously uh, injury risk there, but definitely a, a, a high upside there. Uh, it's Thor, for bro. Syndergaard. Yeah, you got four it's on four your four. team. So Come that's on. definitely a start. You're obviously way better already. So that's good. Uh, Justin Verlander, he re-signed with the Houston Astros on, on a one-year deal. Uh, Kevin Gaussman uh, left the Giants and signed a five-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then the two big teams that have made a big splashes so far, the New York Mets, they signed Starling Marte to a four-year deal. And Max Scherzer to a three-year deal. Uh, that Max Scherzer contract, he broke the record for the highest uh, AAV, which I believe is $42 million. He's making $42 million a year for the New York Mets for three years. Pretty pretty insane. 43? 43.3. 43. Thank you, James, for the <laughs> fact check. Uh, the other team that made a huge splash, that just shorted up their middle infield, the, the, the Texas Rangers. Uh, they started off by signing Marcus Simeon, who finished second in MVP This this year uh, to a seven year deal. And then just today they signed the 2020 world series MVP away from my Los Angeles Dodgers, Corey Seager to a mega 10 year deal there in Texas. So Texas making some moves, Um, not too surprising because they were looking to, to, to spend this off season, but um, any of these deals to you guys, were you surprised either by the team that the player signed with or the contract itself? James, what do you got? Just anything that's, that stands out that surprised you so far?
2: I think the Max Scherger thing was big news to me because I really thought he was going to stay in L.A. I thought he was going to stay as a Dodger or go into the Angels because there's been reports saying that he loves it out here and how he likes the fair weather and how he doesn't want to go anywhere that's cold. Motherfucker went to New York. It's cold. What are you doing, bro? More money. But I mean, at 150, 130 mil over three years, that's a crazy amount for somebody his age. Yeah, that might be a little much. You might get that value for maybe a year and a half, but then if all the time is undefeated, like, it's, I don't know how you're going to get through your late 30s, early 40s with that much wear and tear on your arm to pitch at a high level. It's going to be tough for this guy to kind of live up to his contract for the last year and a half, give or take. Um, the fact that it broke Garrett Cole's record when Garrett Cole was still in his prime and using sticky stuff and still young is insane to me. It, like, Max Scherzer didn't do that much in the postseason for him to warrant that contract, in my opinion. But it is what it is. He does have history. He does have longevity. Uh, but the, it's crazy to think about the one-two punch of Degrom and Max Scherzer, like those two aces back to back. There's what are you going to hit off these guys? I don't know. You're going to have to wait until one of them goes to dead on beat or something, or for Max Scherzer's arm to fall off for this to happen. Um, but the Mets as a whole. You mentioned they've been spending big time. They added guys like Styan Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and Mark Canna. Do I know who these guys are? Not really, but they got big dollar signs by their name. So, I mean, they're probably good. So, this team is shelling out big and they look like they're winning now move. So, that'd be, be actually really fun to watch this year.
0: Definitely, yeah. Um, not, not too surprising with the Mets either going big. You know, they got the new ownership that has told their fans that they're going to spend money, and here they are, they're spending that money. <clears throat> um, not too surprised that Max Scherzer left more just disappointed. And then, yeah, definitely surprised with that. The amount of money he's getting. Um, that's clearly, I think why he left. I'm sure the Dodgers gave him a perfectly acceptable range, but New York probably gave him more. So can't really blame him. You know, I mean, shit, I would probably do the same thing. Um, <laughs> Bro, I'd go
2: anywhere for like 3 million. That's yeah, all I need. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you just gotta fucking do what you gotta do. Um, trade-in any of these deals surprise you
2: um
3: (laughs) honestly i i I would say that kevin Gaussman not staying with the giants not really a shock isn't it per se and i think I, i i'm not like overly surprised but i think it does i mean it sucks um you know for giants fans but for the blue jays it's kind of a big deal i think i mean the blue jays i think uh i think we're a team that you know they were almost in there and they're they're a good team and i think that you know uh, rounding out your, uh, your your starting pitching with Kevin Gausman, I think is I think is a is a good start. Um, what I think is really surprising is uh, it always shocks me the the amount of money that baseball players earn. Coming from a guy who the highest the highest um, earner is uh, Connor McDavid and he sits with just under hundred million dollars. And Connor McDavid, relative to Co- uh, Corey Seager. They're not even close. Like Corey Seager is nowhere close to what McDavid is to the league. <laughs> and he can't, he has 325 million. I mean, now granted, I know the baseball is more popular and all that, but it's just fucking crazy. And the fact that the, that um, the, the Texas Rangers have put in half a billion dollars on two players. Like it just, that's, that's it's insane crazy. money, guys. That's fucking insane money. uh It just always shocks me. Um, I was, I, I, I was actually trying to, to, to list the player, uh the NHL players in, in, um, in order of, uh, overall, um, like their, their overall, um, income, but I can't, I can't find it. Um, but it, it's nothing close guys. It's fucking nothing close to, uh, to that. And like I said, economy David has is the highest earner at, you know, hundred million over eight years or a little over hundred million. And, um, so keep that in mind that's the best player in the NHL. That is the face of the franchise compared to Corey Seeger, who is
0: sorry, Tyler, not the course of the face of the franchise at all. I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is pretty wild. The the amount of money that uh, baseball players make, it's, it's pretty crazy. And there's been already so far early on, and there's still probably half the free agent pools left. There's been over $1 billion spent on free agents uh, in baseball combined. Um, it's pretty insane. Um but yeah, I think the, the, the Gaussman one did surprise me. I'm surprised the Giants uh, didn't quite go for more. Obviously, with those bidding wars, you don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but I thought I thought Gaussman was going to return to San Francisco. So that one did surprise me a little bit. Um, the Corey Seager one uh, was more just a gut punch. I'm not that surprised he left. I, I knew that Corey Seager was going to go wherever he got the best deal. Um, and it looks like Texas gave him that best deal. Um, so I'm not... I'm not too surprised with that. Um, I'm bummed to see him go. Corey Seager gave us a lot of great years there in Los Angeles and I wish him the best. Um, so that was a little disappointing for sure. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss him there, but uh, we got a lot of free agents left. So it'll be interesting to see where these other uh, players fall, especially after that, that, that Corey Seager one, because he pretty much set that bar there's a lot of shortstops, you know, going around and, you know, he was, you know, it was interesting to see who was the first shortstop to sign. Uh, Corey Seager set that mark for pretty much all the other shortstops looking out there for, 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 for deals. So there'll probably be a lot of these, you know, long-term contracts for these shortstops yet to be uh, dealed out. So uh, keep, keep, keep an eye on the hot stove there for, for MLB. Uh, but let's move on to the other interesting offseason discussion, which is the Hall of Fame. So every year in the, in the offseason, the Hall of Fame re- releases the ballot. Um, so I thought it would be kind of fun to do our own TLDR mock ballot. Um, And basically, there's only three of us, so it's a little little bit different. I think I did math. I might have invented my own arithmetic here to kind of vote our our players into our own Hall of Fame. Um, But we did select two players out of the three of us to go in the Hall of Fame. So we'll delve into that a little bit more. But just, you know, how the Hall of Fame works, there's a bunch of players on the ballot. Uh, Each player has 10 years to be selected. You need 75% of the votes in order to get in. I don't know exactly how many writers there are, but there's a lot of them. Um, so every writer, you know, writes in, you know, you know, who, who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or what, and whatever percentage of pool of votes you get, uh, if you, as long as you get at least 75% of all those votes, you're in the Hall of Fame. Um, the interesting names that are on the Hall of Fame, that are in their 10th year. There's three of them in my opinion. I mean, the, the big two are Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Both of those guys, I mean, with if you didn't know they took steroids their first ballot hall of famers but because of the whole steroid scandal they've been on the ballot for their whole 10 years and this is their last chance to get in it's very interesting debate it's it, it's it's a very um hot topic um but those are the two big guys and then uh, the the other guy that's on his 10th year that's really close to being in Who was he wasn't a steroid user but he's just kind of an asshole is uh kurt schilling uh so that's another one that's up that's up there that's Sammy about- on his 10th year too bro Yes, Sammy Sosa also, um, as far as, you know, Sammy Sosa is definitely not on the same level as Barry Bonds, not even close, but he does deserve some recognition. Um, that's why he's on the ballot and he, and he does get some votes. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is very difficult to get votes. Um, and let, it's very, you know, I think the first time we ever had a unanimous, there's only been two and they're both fairly recently, uh, which means they got 100% of the vote was Ken Griffey Jr. was the first one. And then uh, Mariano Rivera was the uh, second one. So both of those were recent. Um, I don't see any 100% Hall of Famers this year, um, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, so anyway, so I asked both James uh, and Traden to give me basically their top five. They looked at the whole ballot. They gave me five players that they believe deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And I basically did math and ran, gave certain value to their top pick versus their fifth pick and ran the numbers and tally the votes and a certain percentage basically got in. Um, so again, I don't know if it was real math and it makes any sense. It, it made sense in my mind and I think it actually does make sense. But like I said, I'm not a big math guy. So I might've made that up, but I'm pretty sure it's it worked. Um, I'll just start off the bat by saying that our top two picks were all the same. We unanimously selected our number one, Barry Bonds and number two, Roger Clemens um after That's that impressive yeah so we all picked this the same top two we all picked different three uh uh votes so the top two or which sorry barry bonds and roger clemens oh wow yeah one two uh number three i picked kurt schilling to get that uh third spot um james you went with tory hunter uh, which i thought was an interesting pick and then trading you with scott Rowland, um which a great another great pick so, James, just real quick, what was your reasoning behind Torrey Hunter being in there?
2: Okay, so most of the players in the hall on this ballot are kind of these offensive guys, right? Torrey Hunter was an okay offensive guy, but he was really known for his defensive prowess. I mean, for he's like one of the best defensive players on this ballot, obviously. He's won nine glo- gold gloves in the outfield. That's the third best ever. And like, can anybody else really boast about that? Because everybody else on this ballot's like, oh, this guy hit like 600 home runs like this guy hit a batting average of 300 for his entire career that's cool but like you got to look at the other side of the ball there's offense and there's defense and there's also the pitching thing um but if you're not an offensive player or a pitcher it's really hard to get in there and so toy hunter did it with defense and he was a good player he was a good all-around guy and like for offense he wasn't that shabby either he had a 277 batting average for his career and he had 300 plus for two seasons on top of his defensive prowess you got to take that into account he may not have put in numbers, but he put he put people out from the outfield, and he's done. He didn't make any errors for nine years. Like he's crazy good at defense. Somebody like that needs to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I like that. Um, definitely, like I said, you know, with, with the Hall of Fame, there's no real. It's very subjective. It's 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 how you feel this this person deserves. Obviously, you can compare them to other players in the Hall of Fame, but you know, if if you think this guy's in the Hall of Fame for this reason, then you can vote him in. That's kind of what's cool about it. Uh, so there's really no right or wrong answers with these is they're just, you know, it's how, 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 however you value that player. So I like that defensive reasoning there, um, uh, trading, you went with Scott Rowland as your number three. What was your reasoning by now?
3: Because I'm clearly the most gifted in baseball knowledge here,
0: <laughs> no, but ser-
3: <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I, I, I think I just, I just look at his war and compare and you know, his win over repl- replacement, which is your big thing to Tyler. And after Kurt Schilling, who I didn't have in there at third, simply because I just don't think he's going to get the call. I don't even, I think he doesn't even want me to be part of the voting. So I, I gave him the, I gave him, I said, okay, you don't get my vote then. As if, as if I matter, but Hey, um, <laughs> it's not, he's not in there um he has the best uh win over um win above replacement but after you include your favorite player a rod um but <laughs> if we included him then while well, he's going to the hall of fame this year <laughs> but yeah, uh, but uh, i'd have to i I'd have to give it to scott Rowland. he has a he, he was a he has huge slugging uh, slugging percentages um ops ops numbers are are really fantastic i think he's just an all-around you know, great player in that respect. This is his fifth year, I believe. So um, we'll see if we'll see if he gets the 75%.
0: Yeah. Scott, what's kind of fun about the hall of fame now that I've gotten to this age is like all these players I've I've seen play at one time or another. So I actually have like an actual sense of like what they were. I know you guys probably aren't in that same boat, but for me, it's fun. So like, I remember seeing Scott Roland and I'm like, I remember watching that guy play and like, he was, he was so freaking good. And it's crazy when you when you stack him against these other Hall of Famers, how he doesn't seem as good all of a sudden. But when you really look at his career, like this dude was a stud. Um Tyler, real fast
2: before you continue. Yeah.
0: I know you have your third pick as well, but based off of who
2: being Traden picked, who would you pick? My guy or Traden's guy?
0: Oh man, that's a tough one. Um you gotta do I'm, it for all of them because you're the baseball dude. So this yeah. is gonna happen every single time. So I think I'm going to go with Scott Rowland this year. That's fucked up, man. Um, yes. I, just, <laughs> I just like his all around, you know, and the time he's been on the ballot. Tori Hunter, though, you gave me a re- – I was a little – kind of was like I, – I saw it when you submitted. I was like, that was interesting. I didn't even really think about Tori Hunter. But I liked your argument. Um, I think Tori Hunter is going to get more votes the longer he's on. I think he might be one of those guys that, like, just misses out on it. I don't see him ever making it, but I think he's definitely going to get some votes. I think he'll get over fifty percent at some point and be in the conversation. Um, but I do like your reasoning. I, I think yeah. defense should be valued at a higher level, especially with a guy like that was one of the best, if not the best, outfielders. Who
3: if, if we talk, if we talk the if we talk about Baseball Reference, which is where I got all my information from, he's ranked <laughs> 15th. he's ranked fifteenth. He got nine point five percent last year.
0: So. 15th of the hall of fame uh, of, of the, of the, of, they have like 30
3: guys in there. That includes all the guys that are going in for the first year, like your favorite player. Um, and he's ranked 15th. This is, this will be a second year. Um, not trying to be a nerd or anything, but thank you baseball reference and pretty much every reference email or reference website out there, because that's where I get a lot of my stuff for this podcast. So. It's
0: a good solid website to use. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I, I went Kurt Curt Schilling uh, just because um, this dude's postseason um, presence was just unmatched by a lot of different pitchers. Um, and this dude was just consistently good for so long. And if you compare him to other Hall of Fame pitchers, he's right up there if not better than some of the Hall of Fame pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame. You can question his morals and his ethics as a person, as a human being outside of it. But as a, as a pitcher, as a baseball player, this dude was one of the best to ever do it. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so that's why I went with uh, Kurt Schilling at three. And then to round up our uh, our four or five spots, we actually had three players between the three of us of those four or fives. They were all in just different positions. Um, so let me see. Tr- uh, Trayden and James, you guys both put Sammy Sosa for your fourth spot. Oh, hell yeah.
2: So are you going to pick Sammy Sosa or Sammy Sosa? Uh, I'm going to go Sammy Sosa on
0: this one. Yeah. All right. Good, good call. Uh-huh. Um, so, so there's, uh, uh, Sammy Sosa was there. Uh, let me see. I'm tra- Okay. Then trade in, you and I both had Manny Ramirez on our ballot. Um, I had him at my four, you had him at your five. And then James, you and I both had, both had big poppy, David Ortiz in our fifth. Yeah. Spot. Um, yeah. I mean, big poppy, who, who, everyone loves big poppy. He, I don't know if he'll get in on his first year. I definitely think he'll be a hall of famer, um, but he's just, you know, honestly, sometimes he's just such a great lovable guy that I kind of forget how good of a player he was. Cause I just love his personality. But then we actually look at the stats and compare it. It's like, dude, this dude was so freaking good, you know, and, and that's what makes it fun. But um, real quick, James, just to run out your, your bottom 2 there, kind of why you picked those guys.
2: Sammy Sosa mainly because he is in his 10th and final year for voting this season. And you remember like one of the first episodes we had you had us watch that one documentary on espn and it was mark mcguire versus sammy sosa that one Mm
1: -hmm.
2: i actually watched it i did my homework and i didn't really have any idea who sammy sosa really was because i'm not a big baseball guy um but the watching that i was like damn he was one of the most influential person people athletes of his time uh being where he's from cuba i believe and he's he brought a lot of influence and brought baseball more into cuban's eyes because of what he did and it's really fun to see what he like how he changed the perspective on baseball in different cultures and on top of that he just he was a good all-around home run hitter i don't want to say hitter as a whole because his batting average wasn't the best he's had a lot of down years with his batting average but when it comes to home runs the dude mashed the ball he's ninth all-time in home runs overall and he's he came close to beating Barry uh, for a single season home run but he lost to mark mcguire that one year i think it was 98 um, but the fact of the matter is he was in contention and he was he brought a lot of people to baseball because of what he and mark mcguire did if it wasn't for them making headlines i don't think there'd be just as many people watching baseball now but that one year where him and mark mcguire went off and sammy Sosa was right neck and neck from a different culture i think it spoke volumes of who he was and how good of a baseball player he was and when it comes to voting, like you said, it's not really about stats. It's how much you like a person. And here it is, man. Like, he was very influential for his time and brought a lot of people to baseball.
0: Yeah, I love that reasoning. Uh, just for, you know, Sammy Sosa, you, you, you talk about the uh, influential part of it. You know, I grew up in a diehard Dodger fan my entire life. But my favorite player when I was a kid was Sammy Sosa. He was my favorite player. He never played a – he never had a single at, – at, at, at back for the Dodgers. But Sammy Sosa – was my favorite. Um, he was just so much fun to watch. Um, so I definitely, I wanted to give him a nod on this ballot, but he just didn't quite make, make, make the cut for me. Um, trading, you had, uh, Manny on your, on your bottom two. I also had Manny, uh, in, in, in my fourth spot. He's one of those guys too, that I think people forget how good this guy actually was. He was also linked to steroids use in his career and has a lot of kind of, you know, different things going on. Um, but, man, this dude could rake, you know, whether it was storage or not, he was one of the best hitters of his generation. Um, is that kind of why you went with Manny there, or was it another, another reason?
3: Um, actually, first of all, uh, are we going to talk about the, our fifth picks too? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, good. Because um, I, I, I have something to say about Sam. So, so. Anyway, um, Manny Ramirez, do you guys want to know the honest truth is I actually know his name? his name is
2: manny
3: no i i recognize his name oh oh god i (laughs) I don't i i look at all the other (laughs) lists and i'm like i don't know who the fuck you are but i know manny ramirez i mean
0: that says something
3: that does say something right this is a guy that doesn't know a shit about baseball and and you know i know the name um he had and and after Scott Rowland. When you're looking at the, at the list of of win above replacement, he has the next best WAR. I mean, that's just oh how it god. works. This is just a big stat guy over here. That's just All how fucking war. works. I mean, I, I know the name. I know the guy. He his stats. I mean, speak for themselves. I mean, this guy almost has a almost had a 1,000 OPS. <laughs> that's fucking crazy
2: for his career. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> dude, this is yeah.
3: yeah, insane. So
2: yeah.
0: good
3: yeah oh so, he was i so, mean like a 0.996 oh, okay. and i mean barry bonds had a had a um over 1000 which is like obscene but he had a
1: 996 hey, whoa, that's it's yeah huge. i mean uh, yeah
0: you could blame it on that either way the dude raked. that's where i that's where i get off with manny ramirez yeah um what did you have what did you what was your take on uh sammy sosa
3: yes okay he was a huge pick in backyard baseball, baby. If you <laughs> pick him, you are getting a fucking team, baby. That guy knows how to hit. So dude. that's that's where – and, again, it's a guy I know. Because um, <laughs> he rounded out my freaking
0: backyard baseball team, baby. Let's go. Hell, yeah. Backyard <laughs> baseball, dude. The only uh, active player that still knows backyard baseball, pool holes. He's Albert the Pujols. He's the last guy, you know. I mean, he – we'll see what hey, happens. Don't forget about Pablo, dude. Oh boy Pablo's out there. Raking. Yeah, Pablo's out yeah, there somewhere. Pablo's he, always he, he's he's in every ball player some at some point. You know what I mean? His 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 uh spirit lives in each and every single one of them. Um so yeah, if you guys didn't already kind of figure it out, I think it's pretty obvious who our top who our picks to go to the hall of fame were based on the fact that we all have the same one, two. So uh Barry Bonds got 100 percent of our votes to get in the hall of fame. Um uh, so Barry Bonds was there. Roger Clemens snuck in at 80%. Uh, so just above that, that 75, 75% mark. Uh, so Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are our TLDR baseball hall of fame members for the 2022 class. Uh, Sammy Sosa got the, got the most, the next most votes. Um, but it wasn't even close to the 75% cutoff mark. So wasn't even close. And then, uh, the, uh, Manny Ramirez, Kurt Schilling, Tori Hunter, Scott Rowland only got three. I got, I got, or they finished fourth, and then David Ortiz finished fifth. Um, so we'll see what happens. It'll be inter- really, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I think it's interesting that we put them in there. Um, in my opinion, I think they are Hall of Famers. There's a lot of controversy, obviously. That's why they're not Hall of Famers yet, and they're, they're in their 10th year. Um, but if Barry Bonds is not, make the hall of fame that means baseball's all-time home run leader and baseball's all-time hits leader will not be in the hall of fame and that's pretty insane so
1: that's so anyway
0: brutal. keep an eye out for that voting um it should be fun it should be. it should be very interesting just see how that plays out but thanks guys what for. do we find on. out uh january i believe is when they find out Um, I might, I might need a fact check on that, but I believe
3: can someone explain to me why you have to do it. Like you have only 10 years. That seems obscene to me.
0: I mean, there is a way to get in later, but I don't know how the rules work, but yeah, basically it's 10 years. And then if you're not voted in after the 10 years, then you're like, okay, you're not good enough. That's just, that's just the rules. That's just what, they've, what they've decided. And then on the other hand, you have the NHL who they're like, Oh, you got a hall of fame. You got a hall
3: of fame. Everybody gets a fucking hall of fame.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting how, how different leagues do it or different, you know, sports do it, I should say. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah. That's all I got for, for baseball this week. Uh, keep, I mean, it's very exciting. You know, you gotta, get you gotta keep the offseason flowing in some way or way or another so uh James that, that's all I got for baseball
2: super interesting talk I learned a lot actually because I didn't know shit about the hall of fame and I didn't yeah. know shit about most of these baseball players but I did my research because I had some time today and I am actually really hoping that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in it'd be a shame if they weren't um we're gonna take a quick break uh you get to hear your favorite monotone voice reading advertisements in Eric so that'll be really fun hope you guys enjoy but when we return we're going to talk about NFL waiver wire picks presented by US truly.
1: With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media use code tldr for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free that's dimer like diner with an m as in mike trout ever heard of him kill more germs prevent more infections save more lives D-I-M-E-R-U-V.com.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Hope that advertisement went well. During the break, we're kind of talking about our favorite advertisements, and we're talking about State Farm and Allstate being in good hands and whatnot. What's yours? Let us know. If Eric is up there, that'd be really cool. Check out Dimer. Get some sanitizing and cleaning done. Good stuff. All right, now back to the of content. We're talking NFL waiver wires for fantasy football. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you about how our fantasy league is shaking out here. Um, I beat trading by about 20 points and now i'm in sole possession of first place i'm nine and three Trayton congratulations is, you
3: made it to the playoffs i for did sure. make
2: it the playoffs, clinched the first spot i'm unstoppable Traden is sitting pretty at eight and four tyler lost i believe yes tyler lost he goes his five and seven eric lost again and uh eric i'm sorry buddy he actually i met up with him on saturday we had some beers he asked me to make his lineup for him and i did oh. I thought i did a good job <laughs> But I put two players on his bench, who did go off for twenty plus points, and the players I put in went off for a total of four. So he would have <laughs> won had it not been for me. So I fucked up. I'm sorry. That's what Eric.
0: you get, Eric, for trusting someone with your lineup.
2: <laughs> I really tried hard too. I wasn't like trying to mess with him. I was like, "Hey, let's let's help you win this week." And he lost badly. He's now one in eleven. Alex lost by about four points. It's tough. He mm-hmm. is sitting at five and seven along with Tyler. So. Me and going to playoffs.
3: I James, let me just real quick. Your points yeah. for is yeah. so far ahead of us. What is it's it? Stupid. Well, this is before to this week. You have 1,563 points. The next best is me at 1,374 points. <laughs> you have 190. And now you have, a, now you have a, I think you got a, what, another 40 points ahead of me or 20 points 20. ahead of me? So that yeah. you're even widening the gap. It's fucking
2: crazy, man. Yeah, man. I- I drafted well. What can I say? Thank you to all those who helped me draft on draft night. Y'all did well. Um, Teams on by this, especially the person who told me to take Joe Mixon because uh, that helped me out a bunch. (laughs) Trayton told me not to take him, but he's like the fifth rated running back. So that's great. Teams on by this week, Carolina Panthers. So Cam Newton's going bye-bye after he went (laughs) bye-bye. Cleveland Browns, Trayton's favorite team. Uh, uh, that have the Panthers again. That's wrong. So I don't know who's the f- third team. And the Titans. So <laughs> I messed up somewhere. You can do the research. There's a fourth team on by. I don't remember who it is. Starting off strong at quarterback. We got Mac Jones from the New England Patriots. we got to get trading credit for this because he did pick it last week. He is rostered in 20% of leagues. He put up 21.5 points this last week. Uh, 32 completions on 32... 32- 23 completions on 32 attempts for so 310 yards and two touchdowns. He also added two rushes for 11 yards. The cool thing about this is that Mac Jones finally looks comfortable in an NFL offense, and he's showing really great rapport with former 49ers wide receiver and now Pages wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. His touchdown um, interception ratio is 16 to 8, which is really good for a rookie. Uh, he now has some pass-catching running backs who do really well, like Elmondre Stevenson. Even Damon Harris can catch out the backfield. It's a great safety out for a rookie QB who's still trying to learn the offense, but he's getting more comfortable as time goes on. Next week, they got the Buffalo Bills, and honestly, this should be a pretty high-scoring affair given the fact that Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills offense is explosive. And so, naturally, the New England Patriots will have to match that. Tyler, what do you think about Mac Jones?
0: Yeah, kind of a tale of two seasons for this guy. Uh, Definitely the Patriots have been coming on strong, and he's been playing a lot better. Uh, his, his first six games, uh, through seven touchdowns and six picks, uh, averaged that, you know, kind of averaged out to 12.9 fantasy points. His lastest games, however, he's put up nine touchdowns and only two interceptions and has bumped that average up to almost 15 and a half. Um, either way, you know, I mean, it's not fantastic for a quarterback, uh, fantasy wise, um, but the Patriots are definitely trending up. Mac Jones is definitely trending up. Um, they got a tough matchup against Buff uh, Buffalo, right? Um next week. So, you know, but they played very well against Tennessee. Um, so I think the Patriots are looking very good. I think if you're in need for a quarterback, Mac Jones is a pretty solid option.
2: Tyler or Traden, it's kind of weird that you went against this dude after having said you were going to pick him last week, but uh, let's hear your argument. Man. What do you think?
3: Yeah, well, we, we have to be well-rounded. We can't be so <laughs> myopic. myopic, Okay. <laughs> Someone just got a contact extension from the saints. Trevor Samian is out. Taysom Hill is in and he is, we don't know quite for sure yet, but it's highly likely that he's going to be the starter um, for week 13. If um, according, to, according to Ian Rappaport. Um, and it seems like he is, I, I believe he, he took all snaps today. If I read right. Um, so all snaps of practice, Ooh. I did my research. So James is the loser this week um, <laughs> in his last four starts last year. He scored between 17 and a half to 24.2 fantasy points each week. Math guy, Tyler, is that more than your guy at 15? I believe so. No. He rushed for over 40 yards each week and, each, and had two games with multiple rushing touchdowns. He got more rushing attempts within the five-yard line than Alvin Kamara himself. Take it away.
1: Wow. wow. Okay.
3: Now, James, who are you going to pick? My guy or your guy?
2: Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to have to go taste Taysom Hill on that one. That's some that's really good points there. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, the, the Saints can help anywhere. Their offense is struggling. So why not give it to your tight end slash quarterback slash fullback slash safety slash running back slash wide receiver to get the ball in the end zone because, you know, points. Good call, trading. That, that was actually – didn't even think about that at all. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the running back position, I'm picking Alexander Madison out of, from the Minnesota Vikings. He is rostered in 33.6% of leagues. He put up 10.8 points, seven carries for 21 yards and a touchdown and two receptions for seven yards. Keep in mind, all this happened after late in the third quarter when Dalvin Cook went out with an injury. He is supposed to be out for at least two weeks. He has a torn labrum, I believe, after having dislocated his shoulder. So even when, even when Dalvin Cook does come back after two weeks, which is highly unprobable, because dude, total labrums suck, especially if you're a running back. He's not going to be anywhere close 100%. So, therefore, the load's going to go to Alexander Madison. I don't know if they're going to go 50 50 after two weeks or 75 25. fact, of the matter is, Alexander Madison's still going to get that work. Uh, in years past, Alexander Madison has done well in replacement of Dalvin Cook. You've seen it earlier this year. Up next to play the Detroit Lions, who's just an awful defense, awful team. There should be plenty of running lanes open. And like I had mentioned, when Alexander Madison has stepped in for Dalvin Cook in the past, He's done well. This happened earlier this season when they played against the Lions, and Alexander Madison had 113 rushing yards and 40 yards receiving and a touchdown for 26.3 points in fantasy. So if he was ever going to repeat this or do it again, because now the Vikings are in a must-win scenario to be in the playoffs, this is the guy you want. Traden, what do you think?
3: Dude, you you nailed it this week. And unfortunately, it's all it's, – it, it, again, it – it's all what happened with Dalvin cook. I mean, that was very sad. Um, Even, you know, I was sad. I was watching the entire game and that was uh, that was um, unfortunate to see, but um, Matt, like you said, Madison excels when Dalvin cook is down. Unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate for him, but um, you know, he he's up against Detroit and Detroit is really bad. (laughs) And, and here's the thing with the Vikings with, with the way Kirk cousins played that game. I I don't, (laughs) he's not the best quarterback and he does rely on a running game and Dalvin, and that's why Dalvin cook did so well. He has he a lot of opportunities. lots a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, uh, attempts and Alex, Alexander Mallison is going to fit right in. He did it within the, towards the end of that game there. He got 10 points on, I believe seven rushes, uh, for a touchdown as well. Like this guy, this guy is slated for at least 15 to 20 points, I think. And unfortunately someone else picked him up in our fantasy, um, wave of wire and I'm pissed. So.
2: Oh well, uh, I just want to speak to the Davin Cook injury fast before we go to Tyler's against argument. Whenever somebody goes down and both teams take a knee, you know that player is highly respected or the injury is very severe. In which, in this case, it was both. Davin Cook is loved by everybody in the NFL for his toughness and grit and his overall passion for the game. And you just saw when he flipped him over; he was bawling his eyes out. He was crying, couldn't move his arm. It, it was a tough scene to watch. Uh, I hated the Vikings yesterday, but I really felt for. Dalvin Cook and his team when that happened Tyler what do you think about Alexander Madison
0: yeah again I think it's a it's a very good pick and with running backs like when I had to come up with another person to come up with it was extremely difficult especially this point in the season and with me with running backs don't listen to what I say but my rebuttal (laughs) that is Matt Brietta of the Buffalo Bills It's,
2: it's Brita bro it's Matt Brita
0: Okay, Breda. There's no sorry. T it's there. Sp- it's spelled like Brietta. bri Breda. Breda. Okay. Say it with me. Okay. Breda. Breda. There we go. Oh, okay. God. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Dutch free agent, place in the Bills. Yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. Didn't pl- it put up zero fantasy points most of the season because he didn't play. But he's come back in the last three weeks and put up three touchdowns in the last three weeks. Not a bad option. Um, obviously, I, I think last week they uh, the the Bills benched Zach Moss, um, so he was in there, you know, running snaps, getting a a, a big load, big load of the offense there. Um, looks like that probably would be the same because Zach Moss is on my other fantasy team and has done absolute shit. So I would not expect Moss to be that that, that other guy. I think Rida steps in nicely to that second spot. I agree with you there. Zach Moss was a
2: healthy scratch. Matt Breida did wonders for the Niners and now he's playing for the bills. And I, I like that trading. Are you going to stick with Alexander Madison? Or are you going to go with uh, Matt Breida? I, I think,
3: I think I will only because, And I think that if you can't get Alexander Madison, like myself, I think that I think that Tyler, your, your pick is, is solid. I just think that if, if Alexander Madison is available, you're going to pick him because you have a team that is more running centric. Josh Allen's a very good quarterback and can, and can pass it to kind of anybody. And you're not, Always gonna be running the ball quite as much as as you would with the Vikings offense.
2: That's true. I like I you guys, you guys are getting really good at this. I'm really happy with this segment so far. <laughs> Moving on to the wide receiver position, I'm picking Kendrick Bourne, another former niner, now a Patriot, playing alongside Mac Jones, Macquarie Jones. He's owned in 15.2% of leagues. He put up 23.1 points last game, five receptions on six targets for 61 yards and two touchdowns, one of them was very acrobatic. He is really coming into his own, and I'd love to watch this guy play because I've seen him when he was the Niners. He was undrafted. He was coming in there trying to earn a spot, worked his way up the depth chart, signed for a large contract, something that he never probably expected before, and is learning how to be a good wide receiver and lead his own team. He was good with the Niners. It's even better with the Patriots. He has a trust of Mike Jones, which you have seen. It's ridiculous. He has 20 plus points in two of the last three games. He's second on the team for touchdown receptions to Hunter Henry, who is a tight end. That speaks volumes in this kind of offense. Up next, like I had mentioned earlier, these pages play the Bills, who on paper look like they have a good secondary and who, like this season, their secondary looks great in terms of pass numbers. But you got to take into account that their star cornerback, Jadavius White, just towards ACL. When somebody of that stature, of that magnitude, of that big a part of your defense, that's going to shift everybody over and make somebody else step in. When that happens, people take different roles. And when people take different roles, they're not going to be as good as they used to be. And so I think that's where they're going to feast. The fact that Javius White is out and moving everybody over, I really honestly think this game is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a high scoring game. Even though there's good defenses on both sides, these offenses will prevail. And with that, Kendrick Bourne going to get a lot more touches. Tyler, what do you think?
0: Yeah, with this Patriots offense, it's, it's always tricky with, with Patriots. Uh, offensive pieces because they tend to kind of share the love. They don't really kind of rely on one or two guys. Um, and especially early on with the, this Patriots team was trying to kind of figure itself out last few weeks. They looked really good. We talked about Mac Jones earlier um, and Kendrick Bourne's kind of been that guy um, to kind of lead that receiving core. Um, as you mentioned, two big w- weeks in the last three for him. Um, this guy seems to be trending upwards and, um, as you mentioned, not, it doesn't seem like a great matchup on paper, um, but potentially could be very good. As I said, I think you can have confidence with that Patriots offense right now. It's looking very, very good. Um, I think Kendrick Bourne is a big part of that.
1: Traded.
3: Well, I mean, to me, Kendrick Bourne is a, is a little bit of a boomer bust, but that's kind of where we're at with the, with the waiver wire picks. And I'm, and the guy I'm going to pick that I'm going to pick as an option, I think is the same type of situation. Um, it's a guy that actually is wide receiver three on his team, um, but he only trailed Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham in terms oh of, uh, in terms of targets. And that is Van Jefferson who each saw 10 and he has seen at least six reset, uh, six targets in the last, uh, well, since week seven. And he just got nine in this last game. Here's the thing about Jefferson is, He's becoming a huge part of the Rams offense. He's playing 98% of the snaps and he's a big time player. Like, like this is a guy that Matt Stafford and Matt Stafford is a lot better than Jared Goff. He's able to get the long ball. He's able to, and he's able to get it there. He's very accurate. Um, find You're, you're going to find this guy, go for, go for a, the long ball, the deep shot. And this is a guy that I think you, you bring in and you're, I mean, he, he's had a little bit better. Um, I mean, he, again, he's boomer bust. So you're, you're getting either high, you know, high single digits or, or double digits. And in the case of last game, he got 18 with his touchdown. Um, I, I just like this guy, especially, at, you know, he's, he's a wide receiver three on a team that, you know, likes to throw the ball. Matt Stafford's very good. And um, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting here.
0: Tyler, you're going to stick with Kendrick Bourne or you're going to go with Van Jefferson? Uh, I'm going to stick with Kendrick Bourne on this one. I just because I like the way the Patriots are playing.
2: That's true. The Rams do need some help right now. It's not looking too good for them. So.
0: Last but not least, like I say
2: every single week, I really got to change up the way I say stuff. But last but not least, again, tight end Jack Doyle from the Indianapolis Colts. You probably don't know who this guy is. You know why? Because he's rostered in one percent of leagues. Unless you're a Colts fan, shout out Matt. Seriously, this guy, nobody really knows who he is. He put, but he put up 20.1 points, which might have led all tight ends this week. He went six catches on seven. Targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, truth be told, he's mostly a blocking type end, but he's on the field for a lot more snaps because he's a good blocker. But recently, showed really great chemistry with Carson Wentz. He's had five plus targets in every game for the last three games. Up next, you play the Houston Texans, who, much like the Jets and like the Lions, are a bad defense. And honestly, at this point, I think the Colts are going to try and figure out how to use their offensive pieces better based off the fact that Carson Wentz did really do that hot. Or he did really well, but then it, is, it kind of stalled out this last game. So I think Frank Reich is going to mix it up with mostly runs and then do short passes to kind of get in the flow of things. Tight end, Jack Doyle should get a lot of those receptions. Trayden, what do you think?
3: I think this is a team that's trending up. Um, I feel a lot better about my sneaky dark horse pick in them now than I did in the first uh, couple of weeks, kind of very similar to your Niners, James. I mean, had a, at a tough beginning, but the, but the Colts are looking a lot better. Yeah. They, they lost to, uh, they lost to Tampa Bay, but by a touchdown, this is, this is Tampa Bay. We're talking about, um, Doyle and his other teammate, um, Mo Alley Cox have gone through kind of a role reversal. Um, Doyle, like you said, James, is that typically that blocking tight end, but, He's he's gaining some some uh some chemistry with Carson Wentz. He shattered his season highs in every single category. I mean, and and here's the thing against Tampa Bay, and when you do that against a team like Tampa Bay, and I'm not saying I mean, they're, they're, guys, they're, they're the 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 they're the Super Bowl champions of last year. This is a team that um, is one of the best. Um, he's going to be okay to play against Houston, who has one of the worst defenses um, in the league. Um, who just let the New York Jets walk in and smear them all over the, all over the field. Like <laughs> this is a team that is bad. Look for Jack Doyle to, to, to try and do what he did last year. or last year
0: or last week, uh, look for another touchdown or two. I like that. Tyler. Yeah. Wow. Finding a tight end is quite, quite the needle in the haystack these days. Um, like before... finding a running back that's actually running back. Yeah, that too. You know, there's just a lot of waiver wire is a crazy place. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the guy that we picked last week, and that's Gerald Everett. Uh, this dude is still owned in less than 50% of leagues. Um, he's probably going to give you something. Okay, he's going to give you some points. Actually, tonight on Monday Night Football, he put up 14.7. Cut, he cut touchdown pass uh, with James, which you called it last Am week. Am I so. a genius or what? There you go. Um, and two weeks ago, he put up 14.3 points against the Green Bay Packers, you know. So, I mean, this dude, I think, could be potentially a a, a good pick. Um, so, like I said, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here with tight ends. But I think Gerald Everett, if Jack Doyle is not available, is another solid pickup.
2: Jane, what do you think, man? You guys think with Jack Doyle, are going to go Gerald Everett. Yeah,
0: look... <laughs>
3: Tyler, I know you're scraping the barrel of a bar. I'm not gonna beat you up too much. The only thing I worry about with this guy is you're playing San Francisco, who's looking much better defensively. I mean, they're much better defensively. And as long um, as he
2: targets Josh Norman, you're good. Josh Norman sucks. Yeah, Please yeah, that's Josh true. Norman. Josh Norman, Josh Norman, I hate was that
3: much. The reason that you guys had any points against, to be honest, um, but but um, I, I'd be shocked if Jack Doyle wasn't picked up so i think you're gonna pick with jack gonna stick with jack doyle um you're playing the texans they're not the niners the niners are a much better defense um save for josh norman um a lot of josh norman hate today we hated on him yesterday uh, kylie kylie and her dad uh kylie um kylie's dad and myself um you know we talk so much shit on josh norman Um, that's every single
2: week with me man like you've heard it every single week i'm like i hate that guy yeah every single
3: week um so i mean i'm sticking with jack doyle tyler i, I being in that position i don't i, I mean I, I don't envy you it's very hard to be the guy trying to find a, someone else
0: it, it 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 took me a long time to settle on everett it was just it was honestly it <laughs> was like fuck it it was the only option i really had
3: yeah. no it it's like, good it's I good guess, I, mean,
0: he, I guess we're going with everett i mean <laughs> if the matchup's there
1: you're, you're you're good yeah but it's not today
2: no <laughs> <laughs> Tyler trading great job um to everybody listening I hope you guys take this into account because I've actually made some pretty decent picks this last year not to do my own horror, but damn like I'm I'm you nine and three be Dawson Listen Knox. To me. yeah yes. Dawson Knox I got Cam Newton for a week before and then he's now benched yeah he's not it good. is what it is <laughs> yeah um that wraps up episode 75 I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope it kind of jogs your memory and, you know, makes you think about things differently. Uh, just a little thing for everybody else out there. If you guys are struggling at all or, like, going through a tough time, just realize that it's okay to not be okay and that there's people out there who love you and care about you and just want you to be better. So just, you know, help them out, talk to them, or do your own thing. You're going to get through it. It's going to get better from us at Tldr, We wish you the best. I hope you have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week.